Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Untucked. We have a guest uh, joining us today. Christian Matthews is a basketball coach in Shanghai, and um, we do a pretty poor job of uh, getting to know him, but he participates in uh, kind of our usual rundown. So we're going to talk about um, car payments and whether or not they are um, partially responsible for the retirement crisis. We're discussing um, the tips and tricks that merchants and retailers employ to make us spend more money. And then we'll wrap up with our top five feuds. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 38 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. This is Jeff. And this is Christian. Christian Matthews is joining us as a guest today. Christian runs a basketball club based out of Shanghai. That is correct. And you're here with us because of COVID. Here in America because of COVID. Um. <laughs> Do you guys know that the bird that's like the logo for Twitter has a name? Is it Tweet? Nope. I thought one of you two, either Megan or Christian, would know the answer. His name is Larry. It's correct. Larry the Bird. <laughs> because the co-founder of Twitter, Biz Stone, is from Boston. So he's a big fan of the Celtics. So he named the bird Larry the Bird. That's a fun wow. fact. <laughs> right out the gate. <laughs> All right. Mike, anything you want to like I got nothing argue there. on that? No, no, I'm not arguing. I'm sure it's uh, accurate info. It's it's a fact, I'm guessing. Is it fun? Uh, I mean, it's amusing. It's an amusing fact. I'll give you that. Good one. Guaranteed you'll share it with somebody at a cocktail party sometime soon. Mike? Yeah. No. Oh, talking absolutely. about Larry the Bird <laughs> on Twitter. No, I think not. I'm going to use that one. Yeah. I, think I think that's pretty good. But I question why is it why is Twitter blue then? Or did it be green? Shouldn't they? Yeah. you know, kind of keep it on Kelly brand? green. It probably has to do with the oh, human God, emotion yeah. and our perceived value of green versus blue. If I had to uh, opine on that. Um, Philly sports. Pass. <laughs> so we have the Eagles who lost, tied, excuse me, tied the Bengals this past Sunday. <sighs> How far we have fallen. How quickly we have fallen. Yeah. Did you see the billboard that someone put up? Fire them all? Yeah. Phillies, Sixers, Eagles, whatever. Yeah, fire them all. Is Good it actually that- up? I think so. I think someone bought the – Off of 95. Yeah. It was 95 before you get to um, – The stadiums? No, it was after the stadiums. It was right after Columbus Boulevard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was the same place where they always have – I think it's the same person who's buying them all the time. They always have these new signs up, like the Nick Foles ones when they go up, or like the thank you. It's that billboard that has okay. the same exact you know, one. But yeah, it was up there early in the morning. And now 
after last night's bad things happened in Philadelphia, is that are we like onto something here? Like a bunch of a uh, bunch of viral Philly trashing Philly sports uh, slogans. I think Jeff, there's going to be a lot of T-shirts. There has to be. <laughs> it's. I mean, I'm just floored at how bad the Eagles are. How bad Carson is. Oh. How bad their offensive line is. How bad they have no receivers. Miles Sanders is literally the only bright spot on the team. Their defense sucks. They've just fallen apart, like completely fallen apart. And from when we got Wentz from 2017 to now, it's just unbelievable Like where my confidence level and optimism went to where it is now. It feels very similar to me. As the Sixers in the whole oh, process. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Wentz, Wentz can't be. I don't know. This guy, like he's. So I watched. I tuned into the post game live thing, and just Seth Joyner was just going off on Wentz, um, as as is everyone else. And then I read something in the Athletic where one of the writers wrote a literal like minute by minute, blow by blow of what Carson Wentz was doing pregame during the game at like. Body language, who he was talking to, what maybe he was talking about. Like, a little bit over-analytical on, on the whole thing. I mean, is, is Wentz just going to say, like, all right, I've, I've, I've had it with this town. This is, this is ridiculous. Yes, I'm bad, but come on. Jeff, you're the, you're, the, you're the sports talk radio guy, too. I mean, have you been listening? Are yeah. They, are they, yeah. Do they want him out of town? No, they don't. Because you'd be, you'd be crazy to say it's all on, on Wentz. He's making poor decisions. He's making bad throws. But he also does some amazing shit as well. Um, when you don't have any offensive weapons to throw to, when you have no time to throw the ball, when it, they're just bad. And you can't expect now there could be some quarterbacks, the great ones that can still be successful, but but who? Like, name them. Like, Cam Newton got run out of Carolina because the team around him just wasn't good enough. I mean, he had McCaffrey, but that happens. Um, and he doesn't have, I'd argue, Doug isn't the greatest coach in the world. I heard an interesting, <clears throat> I heard an interesting argument yesterday on, on Sports Talk. In the Super Bowl, Nick Foles went up to Doug Peterson and, and said, do you want to do Philly Philly? Like, it wasn't even on Doug's radar, dude. Like, Nick Foles is the one that had the balls to do that. If Carson went up to Peterson in the Bengals game and said, let's freaking go for it, man. Fourth and 12, I can do this. He would have called a play to go for it. And they might have converted, and they might have won the game. Carson just does, his confidence is so bad right now, he's not doing that. And I think Doug, as a coach, needs a quarterback that's going to help Doug because I don't think Doug is as, as quick on his feet. That makes that makes a lot of sense because it, it was car, it wasn't um, I guess it wasn't him who came and said that we're going to go for it, but I just don't think that there's that many quarterbacks like that in the NFL. How many quarterbacks are you going to see that's going to say, "Hey, I think we should go for it right now in the Super Bowl"? I think that was kind of like the Nick Foles just kind of riding his own high, which was exactly what was necessary for the Eagles to win that one. I don't think there's going to be any quarterbacks, especially game three of the season, who are going to say, you know what, this should be, this should happen. But I, that is an interesting point because maybe, maybe we're kind of overvaluing the, the coach at this point. This is so Philly that at this point now it's the coach. Well, I'm 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 amazed at how much 
attention and focus was on the play call on the fourth and 12 with mm-hmm. 19 seconds left in OT. And I guess, yeah, I saw a funny tweet about during the debates last night. Someone goes, ask him, ask him, it's fourth and 12 with 19 seconds left in OT. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he's getting ripped for the yeah. for like the lack of balls basically in in that situation. By the way, game three against Cincinnati in a season that's not going to go well no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, you're zero and two. You need a win. It's the Bengals. Let's go. I just feel like this is the progression of Philly sports, right? Like it's it's the star player who gets ripped, and then we make excuses for they don't have this, they don't have that. And then inevitably it's the coach who's been coaching and has had success previously. Now he is under fire and maybe it's, maybe it's all sports teams. Maybe that's the evolution of coaching generally, but it just feels like in Philly that is clockwork. I mean, 32 months ago, we're about to name the city after, you know, (laughs) we're about to rename Philadelphia. And now it's like, you know what? I don't like him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think the facts are the facts. And I started what I said not by saying it's Doug's fault or it's Carson's fault. The entire team stinks and is injured. And when that's the case, everyone shares a little bit of the blame. There's no doubt sure. about it. Sure. I guess my point is the end of last season, nobody was calling for Doug's head. And we're three games in and people are like, is he the guy for the job? I have my ear to the street and they, they've... <laughs> They've been, there's been chatter about Doug for a while. Definitely last year. Absolutely last year. I mean, but I, I guess was it Greg? Uh, was Greg Ward? He's the best player on this team now. Like, is that, like what are you? What else are you supposed to do? I couldn't name another wide receiver. Right yeah, now. I mean, those, like, that everyone's rec- hurt. And yeah, hopes. that core is just. I mean, they couldn't get open clearly either. I mean, how, it's, it's white hard to watch. <laughs> Apparently, Jason Peters got pulled for the that play because he was tired. Yeah, like he just said, "I was tired." I read something on the Athletic as well. It was just showing all the plays where he was getting burnt, and it was it was it was a long article <laughs> with a lot of gifts. You know, it was a very long article, a lot of gifts. He's literally spinning around in circles at one point. Isn't it he was thirty-eight. Yeah. And in football years, he's probably like 62. Yeah, and yeah. One of the commentators said, I, I don't know how you played that position at 38. That's, I mean, you can't even fathom it. He's an enormous human. Yeah. That helps. I mean, he's enormous. He's like the biggest guy on the field. Just stand there. Like on that, if they're going to kick the field goal, just stand there. Yeah. It's going to take them a half, a, like two seconds to get around you. Here's a counterpoint. Here's. Was Doug kind of smart playing for the tie? Because now two oh two and one is better than zero and three, and no one else division. won. In the worst no division in football. Is seven eight and one going to get us the wild card? It might. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's it might. Sad state of affairs. So maybe he's playing chess, and we're just here playing checkers. We never know. <laughs> Who do they have this week? Niners. Niners. They're going to get their brains beat in. The Niners just slaughtered the Giants. Just slaughtered them. Mm. And they don't Sunday have night on game too. Either. Probably not even going to tune in. <laughs> I bet you the Eagles win the game. Oh God! I bet you they win the game. They always do that. Are you going to pick them in your pick them? Yeah, I'll pick them in my pick them. Really? Yeah. Wow, that is. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take them for like one confidence point. I'll put five confidence points on it. Really? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Stay tuned. I will let you know. <laughs> so, Eagles, even as bad as they are, as beat up as they are, as as banged up and injured. 
they still have a shot to win their division and make the playoffs. Phillies are out. They're officially didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> In the easiest postseason possibility, they didn't make it. They're calling for everyone's head, right? And Clint didn't they Tack. lose the, the five nothing or something? Like the they had a shot, yeah, up to the last yeah. game or something. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty impressed that I know that. Right? Uh, I'm, I'm very impressed. <laughs> I, I've watched zero Phillies. I've watched one minute of yep. Phillies baseball, um, but I'm in a group chat with some of my friends from college, and they give me all the heads up of what's happening. <laughs> and the fact that they have the worst bullpen in the history oh, – I'm sorry, the second worst bullpen in the history of, of uh, MLB – only behind the 1930 Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> the last 90 years have been rough. <laughs> that's you know, that's wow. interesting that that's when. That's a fun fact. It. Could you? Oh, of course it is. It's not mine. <laughs> Could you imagine being in like the front office for any of these teams right now? And like you're just looked at as a complete moron. Like the Phillies have no bullpen, they have no farm system. How that happens when going back to when Ruben Amaro, I think it was like nine, uh, 2000. 14, 15, or 16, they had like the second best bullpen in the in the major leagues. And then that quickly, they're like 23rd. It's like almost the worst. I mean, how could you it's just awful. And it and it's it goes with Roseman and the Eagles. I mean, we have no wide receivers, we have no depth. Yeah. The Sixers, I mean, but I mean we're going nowhere. Football's harder because of the injury factor, right? I mean, and by I guess. the way, I was watching football this weekend, a couple of just random games, and I was thinking to myself, this this is not an activity that humans are supposed to be doing. No, it is incredible bit. how abusive that sport is. Um, and obviously, no wonder how frequently the injuries are. And, and it's just like, you just cross your fingers and hope your key guys don't get hurt. And when they do go down, you just deal with it. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's almost... Is it worse than ever with the injuries? It's got to be. I feel like there's a point in every season where we see what we saw the last two weeks, right? Where there's like eight, like big time ACLs, MCLs, like an Achilles here or there. And then it just, we move on and then it happens again next season and we have this conversation like, is it worse this year? The fact that Saquon tore an ACL though with his legs being the size of like tree stumps, like if he's going to blow out an ACL, anybody can. I mean, that hit that, the Bengals quarterback was, I forget his name. Joe Burrow. Took oh. From, oh, oh. <laughs> my God. Dude, he left the game for like two plays. <laughs> and he came back. He's right a stud. He oh, came man. Back oh, he's the man. Holy. There was that a makes moment. him the man? He's concussed and probably just lost like 20 years. I mean, outside years. of that, he's the man. <laughs> but yeah, also for he's that. He's a stud. Yeah. God, the, the toxic masculinity <laughs> that exists in this stupid sport. <laughs> There is a moment True. where I'm watching a game and I'm looking at the like whatever team it might have been like the Texans in the huddle, and I'm like looking at these guys with you know pads on, but they're not all like a, like very padded, and a helmet. I'm like, oh, that helmet is going to really help when you like thrust your entire body head first into another human being's helmet. Like, no, it, it, it's stupid. It's stupid. The fastest, strongest people in the world going head to yeah. head at each yeah. other. But we have it's this. Crazy. We have some linoleum. Yeah, a little plastic. <laughs> a little plastic know? with some styrofoam is going to prevent concussions. We're good. I mean, I played football in high school. I mean, I was not good, <laughs> you know, but I tried. Tried kind of hard. Um, but it's like there's something I will never, ever let my kids no. do. There's no way. 
just because of like the concussions I had when I was younger. It's like I'm already scared when I for when I get older. Hopefully, med- medicine you know advances, but um, but there's no way there should be kids who can play this sport. Like, yeah. it doesn't make it doesn't make sense almost at this point. Yeah. And that's one of the things that happened when I went to China. Outside the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, I don't watch football anymore. I'm no longer tied to like a lot of sports because of the time difference. It's like I'm not going to wait up until four o'clock in the morning to watch the four o'clock games. So I am mainly I don't I don't care that much anymore. Yeah, I came home for the for the parade. And that was amazing, but since then, it's like I, I watch the Eagles when I can, and if I can't, then I just kind of, oh well, I'll pick my fancy players and hope that they yeah. do well. So I'm more of a fancy fan than an Eagles fan at this point, which is kind of sad, but it also is kind of liberating because I don't have to. It's got to be helpful mentally. <laughs> yeah. It really is because I don't have to care as much about, you know, I'm, I can laugh when, you know what, let's play for the tie. Like that, 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 that can make me laugh when I know when I have friends who are like, pulling their hair out yeah. and it's like well that was fun let me just go do something else at four o'clock now man what the hell happened to you man oh my god i know <laughs> he will get up at i guess it's nine o'clock in the morning to watch a sixers game though sometimes six o'clock six o'clock yeah yep. how's that working out for you oh i love them now i'm back in on the process <laughs> Tear it back down. <laughs> we try. Oh, you want to you want to start a new process? <laughs> yes. So you're acknowledging the first a process, lowercase p process. Yes. That, this there one, you go. And we've got to call Hinky up. He's somewhere out there, just wearing his little suit, just hanging out. Process version two. So yes. I have. I, I finally came to a consensus with Megan on the process, and the bet is what I've said is they will not make it to the finals before they trade either Ben or Joel. Joel or Ben, will, one of them will get traded before the Sixers make it to the finals. I could agree with that. They're just too weird together. I think they could fit, but I just think they're just, they're just weirdos. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing with them. It's like you can't, be, you can't have two weirdos lead your team. Last year they had Jimmy Butler kind of be the leader, as much as like I hate like the whole Jimmy Butler thing that's going on right now. But it's like you need someone to say, hey, shut up and do your job. And these two weirdos are staring at each other like, you shoot. Well, you get in shape. And then it's just, right. like, it's just like, all right, well, we're getting nowhere here. Yeah, if they had the right people around them and the right coach, absolutely I'd be on board. But to, to date, this organization has shown zero ability to do, like zero ability to put the right pieces around them. Totally. And that's my beef with you attacking the process because the process ended when Hinky left. So this organization, the the team that is exists now is not a result of said process. Ben and Joe are, nobody else is. So that's why saying the process failed is unfair. Dude, I agree with like I don't I think that Ben and Joe stay and I think they're going to try to force pieces around them to fit. That being said, the process has been over. Like the process ended when the front office hired Colangelo. That was the end of it. And it didn't work. It did exactly up until that point what it was supposed to do. Okay. I, I just don't like – it was supposed to get us into the finals, and it didn't. And just because some management left doesn't mean the Sixers didn't, like, stop the process. The, stick, the Sixers are a team. They're an organization. They're a horribly run organization. Agreed. The owners are brutal. And Hinky left because he wasn't given 
the permission and the leeway to continue the process. And that's the, that's the owner's fault. Yes. And it failed. <laughs> it's failed. I mean, I'm a, I'm as I'm not as big of a hinky guy. I love him. I love the I think I love the concept of him more than I love the actuality of him. You know, where he did whiff on a lot of high picks, you know. We have about four or five top five picks who are, you know, kind of garbage somewhere else and people who are picked directly after them are, you know, making it to the finals this year or last year. Um, but I, I think what Megan is saying, I think I agree with Megan because it did work. And we that were, is recorded. We were, <laughs> well, I'll, we'll scrub that part out. <laughs> we were four bounces away from at least in game seven from having a chance at beating the team that ended up, you know, smacking the defending champions, albeit without their two two of their top three players. So the very much like a lucky bounce here or there, the Sixers could have been coming back as a chance to repeat. That's just a few bounces, and that's just sports. So I think the process, the goal was to bring in cornerstone pieces and then build around them. I th- if it is unfair that Hinky brought in the cornerstone pieces – but then the building part, as soon as he brought in the, the cornerstone pieces, he was relieved of his dues before he could build. But also, like I said, he did, you know, kind of botch, you know, he botched a lot of things. Like he did trade Drew Holiday for absolutely no reason. A trash can. For a trash can. <laughs> I mean, the rookie of the year in one of the most hype game opening games of my career, oh of my, my life. Michael Carter was Williams. That, that was Spencer my, Hall's no, MVP chant year? That was Spencer Hall's MVP chant year. That was a good year. <laughs> that was a year. I think we went to like 40 games almost. We went to 30-something games, and that was brutal. But <laughs> once you, if you go to the 10-win season and then you come back to last year, it's like, okay, this is vast improvement, and we are in place to win a championship. But then, I mean, there was nowhere else to go but, but up. up, man. But I mean, that's, like, that was the idea of the process, yeah. right, to completely burn it to the ground and, what, and, and then I rebuild guess it. What I'm saying is because – because Hinky left, because they didn't get to finish the process, what's going to eventually happen is they're going to trade Banner or Joel, and we wasted. Like, like just making the playoffs for me isn't enough. You got, you got. I, I got to see Allen Iverson step over Tyron Lue in Game One and have that for the rest of my. I need something, and I'm. I, there's nothing right now that I'm going. Other than, oh, wasn't that great when the ball hit the rim four times and it went in and we lost? Like. I just have like uh, nightmares so far with this team. Because they are a trash bag. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on. Yeah. That's our longest Philly sports segment. Well, uh, we finally have sports back. Yeah. Did Philadelphia ever sell their souls for the Super Bowl? I and think then so. Since then, nothing good has happened. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. One hundred percent. Coach's corner. Um, is the Ford F-150 partially responsible for the retirement crisis? Ben Carlson wrote this on his blog, A Wealth of Common Sense. Ben's article talks about how expensive cars are and how many people are likely inhibiting their ability their ability to get ahead financially because of their monthly car payment. People pay up for cars for lots of reasons, status, features, comfort, or likely some combination of all three. But the impact a couple of hundred dollar reduction could have on other areas of your financial plan can be meaningful. What do you Mike. got, Jeff? <laughs> what do I have? Um, the couple that he gives as an example in the beginning of the article are a freaking train wreck. 
Like you have to be kidding me. $4,400 mortgage, four car loans, student debt, and required credit card payments of 700 a month. Like they're a train wreck, dude. <laughs> like what are they doing driving an Infiniti QX60 and a $50,000 Ford F-150? Like you're done. Like you have, you have no financial future. <laughs> As financial planners, how much do you have to make for that to make sense? For this person's, for the Denton, like how much do you have to make for that to make for, sense? For, the, for like all the debt to be they able have to, to carry, carry all like that. Much, a lot. Like a I lot. feel like a lot. Like, like a shit ton. Like, <laughs> like a whole lot of cash coming in for them to be able to, to support that kind of lifestyle. This one, this whole, um, this article is just a repeat of, um, you know, the, F, the F-150 headline is, is whatever, but, you know, it's pretty well known that a lot of people you can look at and say, okay, you're not saving anything. You're struggling. You're paycheck to paycheck. You're, you've got credit card debt and mortgage and car loans. Just look in your driveway. And most people will, a lot of those people will look in their driveway and they'll have the problems sitting right there or maybe two problems sitting right there, which are cars that are way beyond what they should be, you know, driving um but i think that cars in particular for a lot of people are just like they're that's their thing you know it's just their thing and they'll they'll do whatever they need to do to be in that f-150 or whatever the car is and uh it's their thing like their status thing they need to have it to show other people that they're that or just they love they they just love the car so much they just love it love it love it um I don't get it because I'm not a car guy. I don't really care. Um, but at the same time, I'm also, you know, you could argue that like the, the prudent thing to do for people is to like drive a beater and do the absolute like bare, bare, bare minimum. But, you know, that's maybe not realistic for a lot of people too. So I don't know. Here's the one thing about the article that I'll, I'll take away from. And I'm going to shit on Ben a little bit here, but <laughs> he says here. I'll be driving down the road and I'll see somebody in this like nice SUV. I'm paraphrasing. And I think to myself, <laughs> I wonder if that person's maxing out their 401k. Dude, really? If that's what you're... This is not a guy I want to hang out with. He's such a nerd. <laughs> no, he's such a nerd. I mean, that's my... I'm, I'm done with my rant on Ben there, but come on, dude. You can't seriously think that. Uh, I've felt... I've had similar feelings, right? Like when I pull up at a friend's house that they just bought and it's enormous. And I look in the driveway and I'm like, oh my God, they're like Land Rover, BMW. And I'm like, how the, how the hell do they afford this? That's what I think. You're, you're like, I'd love to see their, their balance sheet or something. Right? Yeah. Like, I'd really yeah. like to yeah. see how much personal. debt do they have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've said it here when we have like prospects come in to meet with us that we haven't met with before more often than not the nicer the car the less money they have absolutely and it's obviously like very specific to our experience but when someone we haven't met shows up in a benz there's more of a problem with their retirement accounts or their bank accounts or their investment accounts than somebody who pulls in in a camry it's 50 50 no doubt i think it's higher than that it might be because we'll have some clients that come in and they drive nice cars and they're well off and they're wealthy. And then we'll have people pull in and we're like, all right, put, put your money in. Mm-hmm. Do they have any money or do they not have any money? <laughs> and I think it's like 50-50, they have nothing. 
I think it's it's the bottom line of the article is it's fiscally irresponsible to be spending your money on things you can't afford, basically. And too many Americans do that. Um, I know from my own personal experience, I did without things when I was younger and I didn't have the income. I didn't drive a BMW when I was 24. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't afford it. Um, and I think if you're doing that and you're putting stuff on credit cards because you want the BMW instead of the Hyundai, then you're just you're you're creating habits that are going to run you into the ground, and and you're going to be not in the best financial shape in the future. I think the thing I took away from this was the I think it was towards the end where they're talking about um, like you don't really you care about what car you drive the first couple times you drive it. You're like, oh, I love this car. But then after that, it's like, you don't think about it as much anymore of like, oh, I got this nice car. And I'm just, and I, when I was coming over here, like I, um, as I was driving over here in my, in my mother's car, um, <laughs> I, you know, I was passing, I passed two Teslas. And I was thinking like, for their sticker price, what point do they kind of make up the money where you don't have to pay for the gas? And I assume that they probably have better prices on insurance because it's a safer car. So it's like, besides a Tesla, which is something that's like kind of above the everyday car. And before you get into like the $100,000 cars, that's the only car I can think of where it would be something that I would be willing to pay extra money for, you know, for that comfort. Because I think at some point that does kind of make back your money. Not make back your money, but it's, you're not throwing it away. Like for my mother's car, where, you know, I'm taking me $35 every time I'm at the pump which is every three days and I don't go anywhere because she's driving this Jeep. I guess that just just guzzles gas. But is there a point where you can have a nice thing that's, you know, not crazy nice, but it has a nice sticker price and it has the nice, oh, you're driving a Tesla. Like, is there a point where you can reach that or is it all negative? I also have a personal negative opinion on, like, I think there's a big DB factor for me on, in, in certain <laughs> certain cars and people who drive them for certain reasons like be careful <laughs> like the I, like one one thing i know for example like if you're if you go by drive by say a merrill lynch you know branch office pretty much most of the cars there are high-end um and that's like deliberate and intentional because they're trying to convey some sort of um you know, sense of accomplishment, let's say, to their clients, that sort of thing. And I think that I, I, I hate that. That's such such garbage. And I think a lot of people do it for those reasons. Um, you can't pull up to your Merrill Lynch office and see a bunch of pieces of shit in the in the in the, in the parking lot, can you? Like if you're if you're a prospective client and like literally there's rust and holes in the cars. I didn't say anything about rust and holes. I'm not talk, I'm talk, but I'm we had a about... Hyundai that had a bumper falling off in this parking lot for like yeah. six years. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I don't know. I think that people in their cars is just a weird dynamic that I don't connect with a lot of it. Um, but I also and I also disagree with a lot of it, too. It's just a. A lot of it's just really trying to signal your own maybe like success or perceived success. And, and maybe it gets back to this F-150 article. I don't know. And um, it's uh, but yeah, Christian, your point, on I think Tesla's a whole different animal. That's a, that's a whole because di- that, that's a that's that's a cool that's like a experience and a whole yeah. thing that's not about like, 
Well, I have the nine series of the, you know, the, right. the Mercedes nine series. If that's even a thing, it's probably not. I'm not sure. But, so I found I bought a Jeep two years ago and a Wrangler, and I still really enjoy getting in it and driving it. Maybe they have a different experience factor because I've always thought about that when I bought it. Like, when is it going to wear off? Uh, and it hasn't. And I would imagine, Meg, you bought a car how long ago? Like almost a year. Almost a year. Mm-hmm. And it's an awesome car. You probably still get in it and go, this car's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm super not a car person. But Real. yes, it is absolutely. I mean, it's like the biggest upgrade I've ever made in my life on anything. So for that reason, yeah. I, I don't know that like my driving experience, though, has improved that much. Truly. Sure. Can can we just, I mean, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time, but like, what the fuck's going on with pickups? Why does everyone, like, why are there like 13 million new pickups being sold from 2013 and 2019? I don't understand it. Because like, worst. I don't, for what reason though? Like, you get two seats that are normal sized. And maybe because I'm tall, then I don't care. Like, I really hate this, the entire concept of like a pickup truck. But it's like you get two seats that are normal size and then two seats that are made for not even babies. Like you put your dog back there. Then you have a huge bed. The tail would park. The gas has to be miserable. And it's just like they're just the, they're the worst. What purpose? Unless you're towing something or putting something in the bed every day, why do you need one? Why would you want one? I guess is the bigger question. There's just so many. Like is there something in the water like below the Mason-Dixon line that – that's where they're all being sold? I, I don't know if it's below or if it's Midwest. I think it like I think your coasts are pretty um, lit low on the... Um. This is like <laughs> your professional opinion of the no, geologi- I, <laughs> geographic purchasing of pickups. No, I think you're right, though. I Between think, the coasts, there's probably a pickup in, in every driveway. Yeah. Almost every driveway, probably. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. And how come Ford's stock isn't higher? They've been the leading car salesman for the last, what do they say, 40 years? 39. Yeah, 39. Oh, 40 like, 30, yeah. why is their stock not any higher? Mike? <laughs> because it's- It's all, at like eight, isn't it? It's a million F-series. That's not enough to like really <laughs> matter that much. Since my rant, I've seen three drive by the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sitting out here looking, and it's like, what are they doing out here? You know, and- I don't know. What Maybe about they're all construction workers? I don't know. What about the the guy's quote about in order to buy a forty thousand dollar car, you have to have mil- a couple million and four hundred thousand of income? Did you guys get to that part in the article? I read that, but then that that's seems just absurd. his opinion. He's like, in his mind spending forty thousand dollars on a car seems like the kind of thing to me that intuitively you do when you have like a couple million in wealth and make 400 grand a year. But absolutely normal people do it all the time. Blows me away. Adam. Is he stuck in like 1930? So if that's the, if that's $40,000 for what, how much you have to make for it to be 20? That means you have to make $200,000 a year to get a $20,000 car. For you to go get like an, for me to go get an Elantra. Like have to, you know, be making it. Adam's a bit off base in my opinion, but. Um, I mean, he's name? just trying to make a point that modeled, modeled behavior. What is that? I don't Mod- know. Oh. I don't know. It's a bad Twitter handle. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. We done with trucks. 
I guess. Yeah. I mean, I do want to. I do want to add that, <laughs> as someone who's stupid with their money, like, <laughs> 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 the cool factor. You know, it, th- there there is a tense of the cool factor. Like, um, I mean, I tried to do this. I don't think this is going to work. But I'm a basketball coach, so I buy nice basketball sneakers, and um, they have less resale value than cars, if you believe it or not. Um, they kind of depreciate <laughs> at, a, at an even quicker pace than cars. But I always enjoy wearing my sneakers. And you said you always enjoy your, your when you go out in your Jeep. So, I mean, is there a point where it's like, I don't care how much, how stupid I'm being. I like what I like. And as long as it's not killing you, then, you know, it's fine, right? I agree. As yeah. long as you can afford yeah. your sneaker payments. I mean... Can I? <laughs> no, I think that's a good point in that there's going to be something that we all splurge on in some way, but the car payment specifically over four or five or six years can just blow up yeah. your ability to do other things, save for retirement, put money in a 529 payoff debt. Your sneakers probably aren't having as much of an impact on that. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you would be surprised. All right, so speaking of how we spend our money, 29 psychological tricks to make you buy more. Oh, boy. Um, Carmen Ang from The Visual Capitalist uh, put together a graphic list of different ways marketers are trying to influence consumers to buy more stuff. Visual ploys, intentional language, communicating a false sense of urgency. These are all ways companies try to trick consumers, and I think we can all likely admit to falling prey to some of them. I think it was good to have a one place to go to kind of reference all of these little tricks that they make. Good for what? Good for the consumer to like revisit every now and then. You think people are revisiting this stuff? No, but they should. <laughs> okay. Like the one I hate is the small daily equivalence. I can't oh. stand it. And I, and I don't know why, but I especially hate it when it's like charity driven. Oh, Please give to this small town in Africa. It's 20 cents a day if you and they like break it down over the year and this will feed the country for like I just can't shut up. It's $300. I mean, you can break it down by the hour. It doesn't matter. It's still I can multiply. I'm like educated. I have a calculator. Right, it's still $300. Like stop with the small daily equivalents. There's one I see all the time. It's I want to say it's Purina dog chow. It's something where it's like there's, it might not be Purina, but there is. It's a dog food, and I watch it on. And it's a commercial that's on TV all the time. And they say for forty nine cents more a day, you can feed your dog. And I was like, forty nine cents more for a dog a day? It's a lot of money. It's like two hundred dollars. It's like that's not a small amount. It's like it sounds like it was like that's your dog. Like, <laughs> You could definitely get a pair of sneakers for $200. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know. But the daily equivalence one is really how a lot of items are sold and not daily. It's the monthly thing. It's the monthly payment, right? Yeah. Cars, houses, everything. And that always has driven me crazy as well because people – like you'll go in and people are like, well, what, what do you – you know, how much do you want to pay a month for this? Like, well, you can make it whatever yeah. you want. You just – instead of a five-year loan, make it seven, and, and it's affordable. And I mean, it's just math, and people have a – hard time with math i think and this is the the article though that i was um the thing i i kind of took away from it was you read through all these 29 tricks 
and you're aware of all of them. You're like, yep, yep, yep. I'm aware of that. I've seen that. I know that. The question is, even though we know it, how much does it subliminally or subconsciously still affect us? Right. Every like every single the, time. The two dollars and ninety nine cents versus three dollars one is obvious. You know, you see that. You go, okay, it's three bucks. But do we really say it's three bucks? Do we really? Do we? I mean, it suggests that you instinctively think it's oh, it's two. And so therefore, like maybe it's it's a good deal or or are we smart enough to like know that already that it's it's actually three dollars? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that one's an easy one. I struggle with the buy one, get one free. Like buy a bottle yeah. of wine, get a bottle of wine free. I'm like, dude, that's a deal. <laughs> Even though I know intuitively the one bottle is the cost of two. Yes. I yeah, get right. it. But I still like I, I fall for it. No doubt. Every single time. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, the one I didn't, I didn't like the one that said red prices for men. Is that a thing? Like, yeah. I don't think I, I've ever noticed that. I never noticed that That's either. because they subliminally. <laughs> they <got me. laughs> the three of us are like, no, I've never even noticed. I've never even seen it. He's like, I never bought anything with a red sticker price. <laughs> the one that I think is just probably I would have to vote would be if you fall for it, you're, you're the dumbest, is the markdown one, which is typically a retail store, which like will have like some made up price crossed out and marked down oh, yeah, to, yeah. to the to the sale price <laughs> like the, the fact, dump <laughs> the fact that yeah the fact that people believe that amazes me i'm with you because i'm a, and i'll ask everyone in the room don't when you when you see something in retail and you're like okay now i see the markdown 150 dollars to now like 30 don't you immediately go to amazon and look up the price of the product yeah and i do mm-hmm and every single time. And that's not just even for markdown price. That's for everything. Like, I'll go to Target right. and I'll look up. I was just there, like, last week looking up for stuff for the kitchen. And, like, I only, I, would, I wanted to get, like, the cereal containers that keep your cereal fresh. I saw those and they were, like, $20. But I looked it up. I get four for 20 on Amazon. So I didn't buy it. But then I looked up and I got a mortar and pestle. And I looked them up and it was, like, the same price. So I picked up that one. Like, I'll buy that from Target. But that goes for everything, though. Yeah. Like, it's the markdown price. It's everything. It's Amazon is just, how much can I get this in two days if I don't need it right now? So I think Amazon is kind of ruining that one. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the decoy pricing where they showed the three buckets of popcorn and the small's $4, the medium's 8 and it's like twice the size of the small. And then the large is $8.50. I fall for it every single time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I guess I look at, like, the, the small... So it's really, like they said, it's really... You're not... The medium is there to get you to buy the large. Yes. But I don't want the small because it doesn't have enough popcorn in exactly. it. Exactly. So why would I buy the medium at right. $8 when I would spend 50 cents more and maybe I'll find some stranger to finish the bucket? You know what I mean? I could share the wealth. Because you just answered the question. The medium's a pure decor. No medium popcorn has ever been sold. Right, right. right. It's never been sold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just offer me a large and a small. It's okay. I'll buy the large. Or make a medium that is actual medium. Like, right. You know, like give, me a, give me an option of the medium like it can't be that cost efficient yeah but think about it if you offered the medium for six bucks jeff is going to buy the medium absolutely but if you don't have it for six and you have it for eight jeff's not going to walk away he's going to buy the 850 every time wouldn't you feel like a moron for buying the medium at eight Yes. Now you, you know they're yeah. decoying. Now I you're know, just- but I, I would. Like, I want to buy just despite them. <laughs> you don't give me the medium. Like, oh, we don't have any medium boxes. <laughs> Sorry, it's a decoy. We don't have those boxes. The one that I, I think I fall for the most, if fall for is the right word, 
right now Nordstrom, they started doing this thing where if you put something, if you look at something, if you click on an article of clothing, it tells you how many people are looking at it and how much, like how yeah. many are left in stock. I'm sure it's made up. It's like it has to be. It's all bullshit. But it's like airplane price. I mean, the example is hotel here. room, same thing. They're airplane like, only yes. one left at this price. Yes. It's all and I thing. get nervous and then I panic and then I buy it. <laughs> I 100. 100. I, 100% like, I'm I, the worst <laughs> shopper. <laughs> if, I, I would just take it. I don't care. Just give me the thing that I, want I want. I want the last one. And then like the next person logs on, there's 600 left. It's just. Well, that has stressful. to be illegal, though, right? That should be illegal. That's just lying to me. Like, <laughs> yes. Don't lie to me. Like it's okay for you to try to deceive me, but that's a lie. I you think know? because we're dumb enough to fall for it, it's our own fault. I don't know. I felt there was the the ditch the dollar sign one. Yeah, I agree. It was interesting. Like I didn't. Nec- I don't necessarily. F- it just seems like a softer look to me right <laughs> when the garlic knots just say five and don't have the dollar sign i'm just like oh this is such a nice place right they don't have i dollar. thought the same thing i, I mean i, I don't know what it I, does I to me like it just changes how i feel Ooh. yeah softer look it really does i mean when i and i'm looking at it in the article i'm like my god they're right i feel the opposite i feel like it cheapens it like if I'm gonna spend two dollars, I want it to be a two dollar. Give me the dollars. Show me the dollars. I'm paying for the extra ink. This two dollars. The last part of the article, the influencer era, I thought was interesting, just because of the way we absorb information now. That like I talked about Nordstrom, but you log on to Instagram and you're being bombarded with a hundred ads. You're, the people you follow are selling things. Firefest thing, right? Isn't that exactly yeah. what this is? This is the yeah. Firefest thing where it's like yeah. you get some hot girls and guys to say this stuff is worth it. And then everyone's like, well, it's got to be worth it. Yeah. I mean, Kylie's a billionaire because of that, right? I think it was Kendall. Kylie's a billionaire because of her makeup. Oh, so either way, she's a billionaire because... <laughs> right, well, her makeup's on Instagram. Because she walked around and was like, ooh, my lips look so good. You should have the lips too. It was like, you know what? Your lips do look good. I should have the lips too. Take my money. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you guys if you've ever bought anything because an influencer um, advertised it. Influencer, no. I've purchased a hat before. I bought one from Megan too off of Instagram. That's the only purchase I've ever made. Never, I've never made an Instagram purchase that I know of, at least. I don't think I have either. So I bought stuff from Champion. So, it, but it was like an ad on Instagram. But that's not an Instagram. It's not yeah, an influencer. An influencer. That influence. No. Yeah. I mean, it was. It it came up on my feed. Sure. And I liked the shorts the chick was wearing, so I was like, oh. And I clicked <laughs> on it and bought them. Who but was it, the chick? I don't know. She was just the was model. It Kendall? No. <laughs> he liked her lips too. <laughs> he saw the lips. Like, no, oh. I don't think I've ever bought anything from an influencer. This one, it was. I don't find it a trick. I mean, when we talked about it, remove the pain of buying. Oh yeah. It's just a, the the greatest change in technology so for for consuming anything. Mm-hmm. Uber. I mean, it just ma- like of course I don't I hate cash. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to try like stopping an ATM to like tip the cabbie. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's mm-hmm. just that's just the greatest technological yeah. advancement that's happened in a long time. Yeah, and combine it with the fact that you don't have to talk to anybody. Oh, it's awesome. And then you could <laughs> remember when you couldn't tip on Uber, and now you can. 
Well, remember when you weren't supposed to? Yeah. Like it was built into the fair. Yeah. And then we realized it wasn't. Uber was lying to us the whole <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> I mean, we felt really bad for a lot of Uber drivers. But also, I mean, I guess this is a, the hot take of no longer living in the country. But like, why are we still tipping? Why? Um, like, I, that, that's a whole different conversation. But like, it's miserable. I hate it because it makes me feel guilty. Like, it's like I always do twenty. You know, no matter what, I'd be in an Uber and it's like, wait, am I supposed to tip you 20% as well? I just, it just makes the consumer feel awkward and some kind of sense of morality that I have to do this. Because you kind, you do. Yeah. But why is it on us instead of on the employer? I mean, I don't know. It's just, it just makes me feel uncomfortable doing it now after living Mm -hmm. and not having, and not, not, not only not having to do it not supposed to do it like when i first got to china when i tipped they will come back and say no take this like you like you're supposed to you're supposed to give us this amount of money if we thought it was worth more we charge you more and it's like oh well that's that makes sense yeah you know if i think it's worth this much money and i think you deserve this then that's how much it's going to cost Mm -hmm. so one thing on tipping before we move on um the covid has accelerated the cashless transactions at every sort of you know counter right so you're mm-hmm. swiping or you're you're putting your card in and a lot of them now have the you know you complete the transaction and then then the whole tip screen comes up like five percent ten percent twenty percent other amount blah, blah blah and then you have to like basically like opt out you have to opt yes. out right in their face as opposed to before you would just yeah you know, maybe they had a tip you know jar or or a, or a bowl or something where I didn't feel as badly not tipping if I just took my change and walked away. Now I'm like, no, like, <laughs> look right at their face. So I feel like it's worse. It's, made, it's more shame now in the COVID world for not tipping I at just a, made, at, I, by I, buying I, a bagel. You know, you gotta look to see if there's anybody behind you before you hit the no. Because <laughs> if there's somebody behind me, it's like twenty percent. Yep, you did a great job. Oh yeah. my dollar twenty bagel. <laughs> yeah, we went to we went to Honey Grow the other day for lunch and. We ordered it online ourselves, and I went and picked it up and still left a 20% tip. Right. <laughs> I was like, right. how did I do this? Who just t- like, took me? Like, I did that all on my own. <laughs> but the screen pops up, and I'm like, oh, it's a restaurant. They're struggling. Yeah, yeah. 20%, exactly. which is not, I don't think, a bad way to think. But in the grand scheme of things. What did what, what was done to deserve this tip? A po- like a, existing? And the thing, exactly. That's the thing that it is. The existing thing is a thing that people deserve the tip for. Like, you deserve a tip because you're working. And you're not getting paid by your employer because they expect us to tip you. So you didn't even have to do anything, but you are a person. So yeah, I give you a tip. But it's like, talk to your boss. (laughs) Like, I'm already buying this stuff. Why is everything on me in this transaction? Like, I don't understand what's happening. We spent $50 on two salads. (laughs) So I'll order dinner from a local bar and then go pick it up. And then you have to go to the bar to get it. And they give you like the restaurant receipt thing. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like the bartender has to stop what he's doing or she's doing uh, as far as pouring drinks for all the patrons sitting at the bar to ring me out. So I don't know. I I guess I tip. I like I throw like five bucks. I get hey thanks. Is that yeah. that's wrong? I can you like I shouldn't have to do you that. You shouldn't have to do it. It's right that you do it, but it shouldn't be on you to do that. Right. It should be that instead of paying bartenders what is it, like a buck fifty an hour 
plus tips. Yeah. Why don't you give them like at least like the minimum wage? Yeah. Right. And then tips can be added on to it. Or are we already or at a not. place in society where there's never going to be a chance? We can't go backwards. No. There, there's no way for us to go back to saying, you know what, tips aren't happening anymore. Yeah. Like, there's no right. way. Like, no even way. if we go to a restaurant where someone's getting paid $50 an hour and they're not even trying, like, they're not even, like, working for tips, you're still going to tip. Even, like, even if it doesn't, I mean, I guess unless it, unless the receipt doesn't have a tipping thing, a space specifically yeah. for it, you're still going to tip. No matter yeah. where, if you see a tipping sign or a receipt that you have to sign and it has a tip thing, you automatically think, well, I got maybe $2 here. I have a five. I'll put that on this. But yeah. the, the guilt factor is there. Because we all know that someone else will have done it and we don't want to be the one not to do it. Not because we genuinely want to tip, right? I, mean, I, I think you're the bad person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't mind tipping. No. no Especially if the service his, was good. In his example, if like tips, if we agree, we like wave the magic wand and tips are done. But we all know that at some point in our lives we've tipped before. Everybody would feel guilty about being the people that don't continue to tip and would continue to tip. If a restaurant opened their doors and said, we are a no tipping restaurant, we pay our employees above minimum wage so that you don't have to tip. That's the experience we're delivering. And then the waiter or waitress did a great job. I'd still tip. Right. And you're the problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that is the problem. That is That's the what problem. I'm saying. And then I would tip because I know people like you exist. So if like, you went <laughs> over to China, would you still just tip? I don't care. Take I don't the care. Money. I, don't <laughs> I mean, I guess, no, if I went to a culture where it wasn't accepted, although I should, I went, I went to a all inclusive in Mexico and the employees were like, no, no. And I was like, no, thank you. Yes, yes. You have to take this $5. Yeah, you're the worst. <laughs> Dude, that, that happens too. Like, I'm sorry. I yeah. apologize. <laughs> apologize for tipping, giving other people money. How dare you give me people money? <laughs> All right. Top five feuds. Not rivalries. <laughs> feuds of all time. Could be real or fake. Well, Correct. real or fiction. Fictional. Fictional. Who wants to go first? Christian, as our guest, I think should go first. Oh, baby. And we're going to vote at the end who had the best top five. And I'd like to preface this by saying I got a text today saying from Christian saying my top five is flame emojis. Like, oh, he, he, like he texted the flame emojis? No, no, he texted the words flame emojis. <laughs> that's, that's the way I do it. <laughs> yeah. And you can order them if you want five to one or you can just randomly... Okay, um, my top five, and I'm I'm proud of my five. Um, I took a little bit of liberty with the word feud <laughs> for, some, for some of mine. Um, I think my number one, if we're doing this, it is my top feud right now. There's uh, LeBron fans versus MJ fans. That's a feud. Oh, that is a good one. That's a real feud. That's, That's a really a, good one, actually. I mean, That's a great one. Yeah. As, yeah. As, a, as a member of Coming out of the gate. LeBron, then yes. I have... Heated in exchanges with many an MJ fan. It explains yours and Megan's misguided thoughts on the Sixers now. Uh, interesting, interesting. We can get the, the feud. We'll live Me on. and Jeff over the yeah. Sixers. <laughs> the feud will go on forever. Um, this one's a little more topical now because of COVID. Um, Aaron Burr versus Alexander Hamilton. 
the entire wow. the, Hamilton. The, out with some history. <laughs> like that led to you know a founding father getting shot <laughs> by this dude who was just like you know what every time I've done something you've done it better than me and I don't like you <laughs> and so he shot him. That's a pretty serious feud. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would that's, say that's, mm-hmm. that's like, it qualifies. Imagine qualifies. that happened today. Yeah. <laughs> so decided to duel in New Jersey. Um, number three, uh, dogs versus cats. It's <laughs> <laughs> a feud. Yeah, leader in the clubhouse already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is dogs versus cats the feud, or are dog lovers versus cat lovers? I the think feud? you can go either way. I think you can. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think okay. I think he, I think that can go either way. Okay. Um, um, number four, I don't know. This might, this might. No one here might enjoy this one, but um, Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon. I'm talking about old school WWE. It's on my list, dude. That is the my sing- number four. <laughs> the single greatest feud. Wow. I didn't think it's, anybody else was going to have that, dude. I should have told you he's a big wrestling fan. <laughs> big wrestling guy. Yeah. You can go to, you know, Nitro versus Raw. Yeah, that, there's a lot. There were a lot there, but that was the, the, the that best is one. Yeah. The feud yeah. got Stone Cold to become the most over wrestler in the history of wrestling. So. <laughs> Um, and my fifth one is why I was a little more liberal. Uh, Family Feud. It's a great show. <laughs> the Johnsons versus the Millers on episode 457. Exactly. Great, great show. Everyone wants to be a part of Family Feud. Family Feud. Oh, okay. Not bad, Christian, for your first <laughs> time. Not bad at all. Go on. No one wants to go okay. second. Meg, we'll go, we'll go around the horn, Meg. Um, all right. So I have the Montagues and the Capulets, Romeo and Juliet. Yep. Families just hated each other. Large feud. Fictional. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a couple of fictionals. So then I have, uh, I recently watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So Ferris Bueller and Ed Rooney. Ed Rooney. It's such a good movie. (laughs) It really is. It's a good feud, too. And Ed Rooney is awesome. Yeah. Whatever his actor name is. He's so good. And Rooney was correct. You know, he was right. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, Yes. And now watching it even more so. It's like, like, man, I hate Ferris. Ferris Bueller sucks. Um, so Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall are two of the actresses on Sex and the City, and they play this like iconic girlfriend group who like multiple generations of women love, and they hated, still hate each other. See, I didn't know that. I watched pretty much every episode of Sex yeah. and the City. So Samantha know. and Carrie yeah, yeah. hate each other. Like in real life. They in still... real life. Like, That's crazy. Yeah. Reggie Miller and Spike Lee. Oh, that's a good one. That's good. <laughs> and then Biggie and Tupac. Ah, they didn't feud though. It was this. It was a coast that were feuding. East coast, West East coast, coast, West coast. Yeah. That so was my, that was on my list. That was, <laughs> my, that, that was my freaking number one. <laughs> <laughs> my list is getting picked on. I should have went first. Damn it! I've got um, Axl Rose and Slash. Guns and Roses. Really? Did they feud a lot? I didn't know that. They, 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 I think they broke up as a result of You're they, they hate right. each other yeah. and they ended I should have up thought of rock and yeah. roll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got. We talked about these guys recently. I've got Chevy Chase and Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Mm. Good one. That's a really good one. We SNL. have talked a lot. Yeah, we have. What movie was it? They much. were in together. Was that Caddyshack? Caddyshack. When they were in one the movie scene. together, but they refused yeah. to talk to each other the yeah. entire movie. Yep. As the legend has it. Um. I've got also in the acting realm 
Alec Baldwin and Harrison Ford. Oh. Maybe a little really? known feud, but hate each other going back to the days where they're, I think, vying for uh, the part in, I believe it was Hunt for Red October, but, but Alec Baldwin was just like, hated hated Harrison Ford for whatever reason. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Now you do. And then I got <laughs> I got Howard Stern, Don Imus. Ooh, good one. Classic. Yeah. Years and years and years. Um I think, it, I think it never ended. No, he was. No, he, he was. was the, he was he his was boss. Like, yeah, Imus was actually a disc jockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know those two names, but I don't know anything. About yeah, it's a, a long time ago. They say in the top five. I'm like, um, my number one. I guess if it is number one, is Letterman and Leno. Mm. Did they feud? Like, did they not like each other? Hated. Really? I, I didn't know that. I think they did a a, a movie on it. I think. But uh, yeah, they hate each other. Really, David Leno. I think a lot of people Jay hate Leno. Jay Leno. So, say Leno had the thing with um, who's the Coco guy? Um, yeah, Conan O'Brien. They they have a feud as well. I remember that being. I think a lot of people did thing. with Leno for whatever reason. Jeff, right, who you got so left? Only three list has been <laughs> decimated. Uh, my number five is Foxy Brown and Lil Kim. Ooh. Mm-hmm. My number four is Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. <laughs> My number three is Uma Thurman and Lucy Liu in Kill Bill. That's a good Ooh, one. Ooh, really that is a one. good one. I'm moving Biggie and Tupac to my number two. And then my number one is Brennan Huff and Dale Doback, uh, Step Brothers, Step Brothers. When they first met. <laughs> That's a good feud. And you could possibly go Brennan Huff and Derek, the actual brothers, <laughs> oh. feuded. But I like Dale and, and Brennan. For wow. a second, he had a look in his eyes. He said, let's get it on. <laughs> I meant about the fight. <laughs> what a movie. All right. Okay. I think we hand Christian's got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hands down. Woo-hoo. I feel excited. <laughs> I was, you I don't win anything. Well, I don't need anything <laughs> tangible. I worked long and hard on this list. I was really excited. That, uh, Thank you, guys. Well, thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah, thank yes. you for joining us. Thanks for the invitation. I, I mean, I've been hounding Megan for months <laughs> to let me on the show. And I do have to say, I'm I'm a little bit sad that I was not the first guest. Seeing as or the I, second. Or, what? What? No. Wait, no, no. There have been two guests. You're actually the, the 12th guest. Oh, my gosh. Now, oh, God. I'm kind of offended We'll sign at this off point. to all of our listeners. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. See ya. <laughs>